0: And uh, I'm happy to be a part of the team here at Hope. My name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor. And I'm um, so thankful, so excited that you're here today. Um, I lost my voice last night a little bit. We had so much fun at the vision party. Did you have some fun at the vision party last night? Wow. And I think I just might have preached, preached my voice happy, you know? And so you got to listen through the uh, struggle. I'm not super emotional, I'm a little bit emotional. But uh, not super emotional, but it sounds like everything I say is very emotional this morning. (laughs) But yes, I'm really excited about God's goodness and his favor. Forty years. Tell your neighbor, 40 years. years. We have been serving Jesus in this valley as a church, as Hope Church, for 40 years. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) This fall. And last night, we launched the vision for the next 40. We're believing God for greater things We believing that god's going to do great things with us you know in the past just five years we've seen so many people connect to jesus more than ever before and uh, i'm anticipating these next 40 years we will see not just an expansion of locations and more people at hope church but the release of power of god like never before and um yeah if it's your first time joining us welcome to hope you are our vip you're a very important person we are people on a mission that everybody in this whole region experience God together. We want to see all lives discover the hope that we have found in Jesus and to see lives change, to see our world change, our city changed, our region changed. And um, yeah, I've been at the helm for the last five years. Before that, my dad was leading this church for 27 years. And before that, Pastor Harry Jackson, who just passed away this last year, he had a, a, a large church in um, the Baltimore, Maryland area. And he was friends with, like, all the politicians. I think he prayed with President Obama in the White House. I think he prayed with President Trump, He was a part of lots of national prayer events. He's just an amazing man of God that started right here at Hope Church in Corning, New York. So cool, right? And so Pastor Harry Jackson was our founding pastor in 1981. Isn't that incredible? And again, this fall, we're going to be 40 years old as a church. And I'm just honored and privileged to be part of a long legacy of life change. And again, in the last five years, we've seen more people discovering hope in Jesus than ever before. We're seeing salvations every week, baptisms all the time, um, lives coming to discover the hope. And we know that Jesus really is the hope for humanity. Amen, church? He's our one go-to move. We lift up one name above all other names. His name is Jesus. And I'm, tr- I'm literally anticipating that thousands of people are going to give their life to Jesus through this ministry, through your generosity, through your efforts. And uh, this commission to go into all the world and make followers of Jesus, it's for real. And it's going to explode through us here, right here, right right here at Hope Church and Corning and Elmira. They used to say this when I was a kid from Bath to Binghamton. And I believe that we're going to see so many lives changed from Bath to Binghamton. We're already making our biggest impact ever. Come on. And uh, the best is yet to come. We haven't even got started yet, people of hope. We're going after city after city, person after person with the hope that we've only found in Jesus. And I thank God that you and I, come on, are people of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are people who elevate Jesus, again, above every other name. We are people who live by faith and not by sight. By faith and not by feelings. By faith and not by climate or culture. We live by faith. Everybody say faith. We believe that our future is not limited by our past. We believe that just because we've never been there before doesn't mean we cannot get there. I'm excited to be running with people who live according to the power of the presence of the Most High God. The power that's found in the presence of God. People of hope. Come on, we're the people of hope who do not believe that the age of miracles is over. We literally believe that God can still heal. He can still deliver. He can still save. People of hope that believe in the God of impossibilities is very much alive and very relevant in 2021. He's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all that we could think, dream, or imagine according to his unlimited power working in us. We really, We really believe this. And we're not going to subscribe to an age of unbelief. Amen, church? We're not opting out for chemicals as our answer. We're not opting out for more empty and broken approaches to life that leave people hopeless and desperate and addicted. No, I believe that you and I have been called by God to carry the power of his transformation to this generation. The power of life change that's only found in Jesus. You know, the presence of God, it has the power to change things supernaturally. Jesus said, whenever you gather two or three in my name, I'm there in the midst of you. He said, don't, Paul said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. That's why I think isolation, because sometimes is so um, uh, detrimental to people's mental health and people's um, spiritual health and people's, you know, physical health. I think it's just bad for us. And I'm so excited that we're breaking out of the isolation season. Amen. But I'm also, and I understand it, I get it, but I'm thankful that we get to move forward and we don't forsake the assembly. Because when we gather in Jesus' name, his presence falls. And there is power in the presence of God to change things supernaturally. You know, when they marched around those walls at Jericho, they carried the presence of God. These people, they were crazy enough to take God at his word. And they carried the Ark of the Covenant, which was representing the presence of God in their generation. And as they marched, that presence that they carried eventually brought those walls down. I mean, impossible walls where they raced chariots on top. I mean, thick, thick walls, really thick walls. And the power of the presence of God moved it. And what they were carrying actually carried them. It's, it's like what they were carrying in, in God actually carried them into a miracle. What they were carrying supernaturally carried them into the supernatural. It's this powerful thing when we come together, we realize that, yes, we are gathering and the presence of God is coming, but that's actually what's carrying us. His presence is the X factor that changes lives. His presence is the X factor that multiplies and creates all of this momentum. You know what I'm saying? I want to tell you, come on, I want to tell you it doesn't matter what walls are in our city. It doesn't matter what walls are standing in our church. It doesn't matter what walls are in your own personal life today. Marriage marriage walls, financial walls, kid problem walls. I'm saying today, as we march with the presence of God, those things are going to come dismantling down, crumbling down in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not by our power, our ingenuity, or our, you know, wonderful ability to think outside the box and have strategy. No, the power in this church is through the presence of God. His presence is our priority. And people are our passion. People matter to us so much. And we know that the way to change people's lives is through the power of the presence of God. There is an urgency in my spirit, people of hope, to do it now. Everybody say now. Because we weren't just created to thirst for greater days, but to thrive in current days. We were created to thrive in the time. The Bible talks about now faith is. The substance of things joyfully anticipated good from God. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Come on, we serve a now God with now faith. We don't wait for perfect circumstances. We move in the power of now. Today faith Right here, Faith. And as we get a hold of what God wants for you and for me in this vision message, you know, in this vision season, making moves, launch. We will find ourselves thriving at levels we never thought possible. Bringing down walls that were always immovable. Doing things in our region that everybody says can't be done in the Northeast. Going for greater now is important in the sense of so many people, again, in this season, are treading water during this COVID time, waiting to see what's going to happen, waiting until it's really over, waiting to see where the economy settles out and the gas runs settle out and the food shortages settle out, waiting for better situations, waiting for more security, waiting for a better moment in life before they actually seize this one. But not us. I love the words of the four lepers in the Old Testament who basically said, let's do it now. Let's go right now. Let's move. What other options do we have? If we stay here, we die. If we go there, we die. Let's go for greater now. Let's believe bigger now. Let's seize this moment. Now is the time. Let's not wait for the future. Let's not put off the pursuing of that property. Let's not be sitting around waiting for perfect conditions until we go find the lost people. You know, let's do it right now. Let's not wait for a permanent location. Let's go into all the world now. You know, the Great Commission, it was at a very rough time in history. And he said, go now. Now go into all the world and create disciples. I say, develop or die. I say, a growing church is a developing church. If you're not growing, you're dying. And I said, let's move forward. Let's develop or die. I'd rather be a dead church than a non-developing church. We're going to see expansion in us, through the people around us, and beyond us. We want to develop. I say develop or die. Be moving, thriving, growing, or don't be a part of it. Literally, let's be bold and believe for bigger right now in 2021. After 40 years, what what other reason are we waiting for? All the things that we've seen the people before us sacrifice and lay down their lives for, now is the time. Now is the time. You know, the Bible says, unless a seed goes into the ground and it dies, you won't ever bear fruit. Nothing will ever live. i to tell you, that seed has gone in the ground. It's died long enough. It's time to germinate. It's time to go for a greater now. We're going we're gonna to sow our own seeds that have to die, but there's been so much foundation laid here, so much foundation, so much sacrifice, that we, can set, we are set up for success. The Great Commission is calling us to act on that success now, now. You know, in a year of uncertainty and unpredictability, it would be easy for Hope Church to kind of settle in and shrink back, you know, for us to get comfortable as a people and not make any moves, not make any ripples, not make any waves. But the problem with that is it's in opposition to God's word. It's literally in opposition to God's word continually. He said so clearly to us. I mean, the last thing, go. Don't stay. Don't sit. Don't, don't settle. Don't camp. Don't hide out. Go. ever say go. Go. With the tools we have now. With the, with the spirit of God on us now. With the one who created us with all these gifts, talents, treasure now. We will be effective. And rather than being affected by the circumstances, we take advantage of this moment. We take advantage of this opportunity. And so we're on the hunt. I want to tell you as a church throughout the corona season, we've been m- making moves, searching for a permanent property. a city near you that we can sow into and lay down our own seeds and see them die and see germination start to happen. A place where God can take our forward movement and multiply our impact. The lepers, they had to have some forward movement in order for God to multiply their impact, multiply their footsteps without taking next steps, even though they seem small and insignificant. Just because it's a small next step does not uh, determine its significance. Small does not equal insignificant. Small, small steps in the right direction are powerful, so powerful. And God can multiply movement. He cannot multiply stationary. He cannot multiply scared. He cannot multiply, let's see what happens. But he can multiply, go now, move now. The story is in uh, 2 Kings verse 7, or chapter 7, verse 1. These lepers who are making moves, they start in 2 Kings chapter 1. Uh, chapter 7 verse 1 it says this <clears throat> then Elisha said hear the word of the Lord wow, I got to stop right there I mean this guy is about to say one of the boldest confessions in a time of you think it's desperate now I mean true desperation he's going to tell them that tomorrow there's going to be abundance of food you got to understand that there had been months and months and months and months of the siege against the city of Samaria, and there was no food coming into the city. They were not just having gas runs. They were having food shortages, and I mean serious. It got so bad. There was no food coming to the city. It was so terrible. They were starting eating their children. It has to be quite a while for you to decide, my kid looks good, you know, to eat right now. Cannibalism was breaking out in Samaria, and people were eating their kids, That's crazy, right? I mean, that's the level of desperation. It started happening because they were so starving, starving in the city. And as they got this completely desperate place in 2020 whatever, a prophet comes in, a man of God comes in at a time where they're selling dove's dung for $50 for the nutrition in a dove dove dropping, right? An ass's head was selling for $150, not the body, the head of an ass, right? That's how scarce the food was. And the prophet says, tomorrow, what? Tomorrow, there's going to be a huge amount of food. Everywhere you look, there's going to be food, 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 food. In fact, you'll be able to pick up a bag of grain for a buck. As a matter of fact, you get bags of wheat, just a couple of dollars. Now, when he said that, you got to understand, this is a bold statement under these circumstances. I believe that for you and for me, boldness is absolutely at a premium right now in 2021. We cannot afford not to be bold. We're going to make moves. and not going to be wimpy moves. It's going to be bold moves. Moves that risk. Moves that make you sound ridiculous in a, in a crisis. Moves that make you sound silly to logic. Come on now. This is not the day to be intimidated or bullied by the enemy. It's not a day to be withdrawing and retreating from activity. It's not a day to say, "Well, let's stay safe." We're not here to stay safe. We're not here to play it small. We're not here to be little and make little moves. Let's move backwards from reaching out. No, no, no. Let's move backwards from stepping out in faith. No, 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 no. Boldness is the key for any release of the Holy Spirit. It has been ever since Acts. When God fell out them, they were filled with boldness. And when boldness came, the Holy Spirit moved on them. God is not going to move on timid people. He's not going to move on int- intimidated people. When David met that giant Goliath, three sources tried to intimidate him and get him to back down from boldness. Back down. His own brother said, what are you doing here, you little punk? Go back to your little flock and back to your little sheep. You're just here because you want to see the battle that your big brothers are a part of, and there's pride in your heart. His own family pushing back on his boldness. But David didn't let the bullies push him back. He met that pushback with boldness. And he went past their unbelief straight to the king of Israel, the leader of the whole nation. And he said, I can take on that giant, King Saul. And his own king tries to intimidate him. He said, you're just a kid. What are you thinking? You're too young for that job. This guy has been a warrior since his youth. You're just a young person. How could you ever take on that size thing? But there was such a conviction It's such a boldness. David didn't just have a strong conviction. He had a strong confession to match it. Make sure that every time you have a conviction in your spirit, your confession matches it. He's had a conviction in his spirit, and his confession was to say, I got a twinkle in my eye. I got a boldness in my speech. I believe in myself even if nobody else does. The God who has anointed me with oil is with me for success, not to fail. He didn't anoint me to lose. He anointed me to win and reign in life. He has called me to be the head and not the tail. He didn't call me to lose. He called me to champion. He called me to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And he convinced the king of the nation of Israel to put the future." of the entire nation in this boy's hand he was unintimidated and unafraid and unashamed of the gospel of what he was standing for he said the Lord will have this victory I am unashamedly gonna lift high the Lord whom I serve will defeat you today unashamed unafraid unintimidated he was bold you young men will be bold as lions you know when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and I boldness is inevitable Turn it over and say bold moves. Bold moves. What's, what's the thing say on top of your sheet today? What's the title? What is it? That's a bold move. That's our title today if you're taking notes. That's a bold move. That's a bold move. Boldness is inevitable when the spirit of God comes upon you. It's the boldness of God that fills our spirits, which brings those walls down. God said to Joshua, be bold. Actually be strong, only be bold, only be strong and very courageous. Not a coward, not a chimp, courageous, champion, go from chimp to champ. Come on now. So when he sees this boldness coming in the heart of David, the king, and he's running towards the giant, oh my gosh, the king puts the hands of the entire nation of Israel into David's hands. And he doesn't tiptoe towards the giant. He runs after the giant. After a great exchange of smack talk. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to feed your dead carcass to the birds, bro. You, you come at me in this, this, and this with sword, spear, and shield. I'll come at you in the name of the Lord most high. Get ready to go down. We don't lose. We don't lose. Blessed be the Lord our God who always causes us to triumph. It was the same in the 2021 as it is all the way back in David's day. Our God has never lost a battle, and he never will. He never lost a battle, never lost a battle. I know he never will. Come on. And he's running towards a giant, not with tiptoes, with full-on foot run. He's going for greater. He's running towards adversity, and now the giant starts intimidating him. You got big brothers, family members. You got people in position and authority in King Saul. And now you got the enemy. Goliath represents the enemy of your soul, the demonic. See, you will find that the devil will try to discourage you, to depress you, and intimidate you with fearful thinking about yourself, to bring you down on the inside of your heart and your spirit, make you negative about your church in crisis, make you negative about your future when opportunities all around you, make you negative about your job when all these things are pointing to you being successful, whatever God has got for you, the enemy is going to try to make it a negative, he will try to rob you from your reward by getting you into a place of small thinking small living small believing in fact paul says in colossians 2 verse 18 let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility come on my god is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him paul says let nobody cheat you of your reward take delight taking delight in false humility that word humility is a very long Greek word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. But it means to reign in your thoughts. It literally translated means to reign in your emotions. Don't get too excited at church. Don't get too high about this vision. Don't start believing God for a really great. Reign in those emotions. Reign in your thoughts. Reign in your thinking. And make them small. That's what false humility actually translates. Again, let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility, Paul says, don't let anybody do that, don't let nobody talk you out of the dream that God has put in your heart, let no one cause you to rein it in, let no one cause you to hold it back, and to calm it down in false humility, but be bold, be brave, think big, dream great dreams, be big, be a builder of God's kingdom, so that verse means that Paul, Paul says the enemy is trying to get you to Small thinking to rein it in. The enemy will use people. Brothers, family members. First kings, people of importance. People in positions. And then enemies, giants, the demonic. To try to get you to think small, believe small, and to be small. That's the three David faced. It's still the same tactic. There's nothing new under the sun. As soon as you get a great dream, these are the three things that will come up against you in adversity. He's trying to immobilize your action into small heart emotion in 2021. He's trying to get you to just be happy to go outside. Hey, they're letting us go outside now. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, hey, we can go to other stores besides the grocery store. Really? Are you really happy about that? Stop raining it in. What are you, what are you born for? We're, I mean, we're just here to survive. No, 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 no. We're born to thrive. You yeah. should be happy and celebrating mediocrity. Well, I'm not. I'm not against whatever is going on. I'm just saying, like, honestly, don't forget that some things are limiting your thinking. And the more limited your thinking is, the more limited your life is. If you think small, you live small. So even if you can't go to this and can't do that, don't ever stop thinking big. Be careful. Guard your thoughts. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of your life. As a man thinks in his heart, guard that heart with all diligence. It speaks to the subconscious of a man. Guard your go-to moves when you don't think about it. Your subconscious thoughts. Guard your belief inside. For out of it flows the issues of your life. Good issues and bad issues, baby. And nobody, nobody, nobody steal that from you, rob you of your reward. Whereas by God, I mean, the enemy's trying to get you to think small, but God, by his spirit he will make you bold he will always make you bold in the face of impossibilities in the face of crisis in the face of obstacles he will make you think large he will enlarge your thinking and enlarge your heart where is that in the bible everywhere don't even get me started i mean look at joshua look at caleb I mean, everywhere. Look at David. Look at every single person in the Old Testament. Every single dream in the New Testament. I'm talking mega churches, Timothy, your mother and your grandmother, Lois and Eunice. I'm talking you get this platform of a mega church of thousands of people in Ephesus. Enlarge your thinking, stretch out your. T- I could, we could go for, for days. Don't ask me where that is in the Bible. He will always enlarge your thinking and enlarge your heart and give you a vision for something greater than self however i believe he needs you and i to cooperate with him and actually make that happen he's looking for partners the bible says it's by faith that mountains are moved even mustard seeds not a big faith just even a small amount of it's by faith That mountains move, giants are defeated, and walls come tumbling down. It's a faith partnership with the presence of God, with the power that's found in the presence of God. Not by my power, not by my might, but by the power of the presence of God. By his spirit, there is power that moves the impossible. We are by faith, people. And so whatever thoughts are in your mind that are trying to make you think smaller than what you know your destiny is all about in your heart. Come on, resist those thoughts and rewire your thinking. Let's say it together, resist, Resist. remove, Remove. rewire, resist, Resist. remove and rewire. Because you will transform your circumstance, transform your life, transform your world when you renew your mind, when you rewire the way that you think, the way that you perceive. Your life is amazing. It's just your perception that's wrong. You have great kids. They're a blessing from the Lord, and they are the best thing that's ever happened to you. It's just your perception that's wrong. You live in the most prosperous nation in the world. You are so stinking blessed, materialistically, spiritually, emotionally, physically. It's just your perception that's wrong. Paul says in Romans 12:2: be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, rewired by the renewing, the rewiring of your mind. That word transform is the same word they used when they talked about Jesus being transfigured into another before them it's the same word as metamorphosis when you see a caterpillar transforming into a beautiful butterfly he goes from this little nasty wormy crawling on his belly piece of garbage to this beautiful bright bold butterfly be transformed from a worm thinking to a butterfly flight well flow like a butterfly don't think like a worm (laughs) thank you it's complete and utter transformation. I mean, complete and utter, so that the former state, that worm that you used to think like a loser, completely unrecognizable, completely unrecognizable, Transfigured, transformed, metamorphed. I don't see that worm when I look at this butterfly. All I see is beauty, and there's a little bit of worm in there, but it's mostly beauty. You know what I'm saying? completely transformed in the 40 years i want to just declare you will not recognize this place this wormy little place called hope church come on you will not recognize these people you might know who they are you might know their names but not like you know them here and now You'll be like, who is that? In the next 40 years, these people of hope, they're multiplying. They're leading in their nation. They're leading in their city. They're leading in their government. They're leading in their schools. They're leading in their homes. They're developing other people. They're operating in their gifts. They're moving in the power of the Holy Spirit like you've never seen before. There is more to these worms than meets the eye. There is more to this house than meets the eye. We have an inheritance, and I will not let go of it. And everywhere we go, we will be victorious. And everything we touch, it will turn to to gold the favor of God is on those people of hope they are fit for the fight say it I'm fit for the fight I'm full of faith full of character strong full of integrity influencers difference makers culture creators new creations in Christ Jesus we reproduce life you know you can only reproduce after your own kind we're a life-giving church we're going to reproduce hope we're going to reproduce healing, reproduce prosperity, reproduce blessing. From generation to generation, we will reproduce praisers. We will praise the Lord. We will talk of his great wonders. You'll say, who are these men and women who are preaching, teaching at Hope Church and reaching like never before? I'll tell you who they are. They're those worms that turn into bold, beautiful, bright butterflies. You'll be like... Wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what city is Hope Church in now? You know, how many campuses do they have? Isn't that a little extreme? How many people are they reaching every week? That's insane. That's incredible. What kind of move of God is this? That's right. What kind of move of God is this? What kind of move of God is this? It's not man making moves. It's God making moves. God is making moves with those people of hope who actually expect something from him aren't cowards but champions they'll be known as the people like the bible hello bible they'll be known as the people who flipped their region upside down for Jesus and his kingdom in the next 40 years Hope Church will be a household name in this area known for its positive life-changing life-giving people who meet people right where they're at with the love of Jesus Christ people who believe the best about people People who hope all things, endure all things, love through all things. People who anticipate good things from a good God. People who are actually known for what they are for instead of everything that they're against. (laughs) Lifting high. You know, it will be our battle cry. We will lift high the God who takes the things that are not and calls them as if they were. We'll say, where would we be without the grace of God? Where would we be? Who would we be? He takes the things that are not and he calls them as if they were. Come on, I'm talking about life-giving. People of hope, championing in life. People who are whole. I'm just casting vision. People who are secure. Healed, restored, delivered, dripping with finesse, dripping with favor, totally transformed. I'm talking about totally unrecognizable. Your family would say, who are you? You're a different person. Yeah, you haven't seen me. In 40 years, I want to be 75 years old. And this place is going to be thriving. And I'm not going to be preaching. And it's going to be incredible. We're going to raise up sons and daughters. We're going to see so many people's totally life transformed. Totally metamorphed, unrecognizable. You're, you're so, you're so, you're so, you're so, what, what am I? <laughs> Biblical? Oh, no, that's not in the Bible. Oh, really, Joshua? Unrecognizable from the worm you used to be. Take a snapshot, you'll never see this worm again. Unrecognizable. Bold, bright. Butterfly, biblical, metamorphed, transformed, transfigured from cowards, self-doubters to people who only choose to be strong, only be strong, only be bold, only be very courageous. And when when we renew our mind uh, and say, I'm going to do this, come on, I am well able to do this. I can take this land. I can take this impossibility that's been hanging me up for years. I'm going to be the person that God has in store for me. The one that he saw before the foundations of the world. The one that he knew and foreknew and also predestined for great things. The one who laid up greatness in my life while I'm sucking air on earth. The one who has a plan, a good plan to prosper me and to bring me a future and a hope. Not for evil. When I line up with that person that God sees me. Ask, I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to change the way I think, which really means repent. John the Baptist said, repent. Turn around. Change the way you think about yourself. Think, Change the way you think about people. Change the way you think about God. Repent, for the kingdom at hand is worth your mind change. The kingdom of God, the people on the other side of your obedience is worth your mind flip. Your lens changing. When we change our thinking, we remove, we replace, and finally, we are allowed, we allow ourselves to let our thoughts on the inside be bold thoughts, bold thoughts, big thoughts that we start sowing into our future. What you see today, you know, over 700 people last week in Hope Church, I'll tell you, five years ago. Five years ago, people thought I was crazy. We've been 200, 250 people for 30-plus years, Pastor Nate. And you're doing what? And we're going where? And you think what? (laughs) Five years ago, we're starting, just starting. I think there's a cycle in every one of your life. The seeds that you sowed five years ago, you're now living in the the bloom of, the start of. Imagine what we're going to see five years from now with the seeds we're sowing today. I'm telling you the truth. couple of years ago, I had a, a, a motorcycle accident where I flew off. I shattered my toes. Uh, I flew off my motorcycle. I was going on up 60, around a 30 mile per hour turn. It was silly. I broke my collarbone. I shattered my toes. I was airlifted from a field and I was in a hospital for about a week or something. I can't remember, honestly. When, when I came out of this whole healing process, I wasn't going to stay off that motorcycle. I was going to find a bike. I couldn't get on mine because it was wrecked, but my dad had a bike. I was like, I'm getting back on the bike. So I just started riding again. And every time I got on, I thought would come to my mind of crashing. Every time I went around a corner, I could feel myself and see myself, envision myself flying off again. When you have negative trauma in your life, it creates a subconscious way of thinking in your inner man. It creates a fear. You don't, you, it's like stress. You can't identify it, but sometimes your body responds to it. It's like, I'm not afraid, and you are. Like, that doesn't bother me. And it does. And you can't just, like, pretend like it doesn't because it's affecting your subconscious. you got to retrain your thoughts and rewire your thinking again and again. And intimidation would come over me as I was riding that bike, an expectation that's negative beneath the surface that's hard to put your finger on because you have trauma. So I I thought, I've got to refuse that thought every time it comes to my head. I can't control everything subconsciously, internally in me. I mean, I can but not like I'd want to, like right away. But I can't control the thoughts that fly by me. I've got to cauterize those thoughts when they come. Cauterize that way of thinking and replace it with something new. New. So I remove the old, I replace with something new, and I refuse, remove, and replace. That image with myself, I'm riding free and fearless. I'm flourishing on this motorcycle. I would I'd picture myself coming through the house with my doorway, saying I'm happy and healthy. I'm whole when I get home. And for years now, I've had no consideration of that crash when I go to get on a motorcycle. I just took my baby boys for a ride last week on my dad's bike. You know, that one nice day we had a couple weeks ago. I didn't even think about falling off a motorcycle. And I had a four-year-old. I don't know if it's legal. I don't, don't talk to me. I don't know. It was a short ride around a very local area. And my, my six-year-old, I don't know. Again, I don't know. They had helmets on. We were safe. I didn't even think of falling off. I had so much security, so much confidence. Me and my boys were enjoying life to the fullest. And you and I can, can go to work on our thinking, which affects down the road our subconscious, and create a bold frame of thinking, a bold spirit up on the inside of us. And that's exactly what Paul was saying. Don't let anybody cheat you out of your reward through false humility. Don't let anybody help you rein in your thinking. If somebody's reigning in your thinking, they are not your friend. If somebody's telling you to be this and this and this and they reign it in, reign in your emotion, they are not there to help you. You don't want to be a restrained person. You don't want to have small emotion. You don't want to be like packaged up in your passion. Small thinking is not more Christian. I know religion says that. The Bible doesn't. You should have big dreams, high aspirations. You should expect big things from a big God. You should have an ambition on the inside of you that is a God ambition to see His kingdom enormously enlarged. You should have an ambition to see God's church enormously enlarged. Call it mega, call it super, call it whatever you want, increased and expanded. It's called the Bible. The Bible says, and of His government, of His kingdom, there will be no end, and it will only ever increase. It's an increasing government. An increasing expansion and extension of God's kingdom. This is what's going to happen to you and I as we start to own the vision at Hope Church. You may think that's not for me. I'm not that extraordinary. I'm not that big. I want to tell you everybody was ordinary at one point in their life. But they started to believe. Here's the key. They started to believe that they could be more than what they had been before. That God actually could do something with their lives. It was bigger than self. They started to believe in what God said about them and what God saw in them. God did not put you on this earth to be a failure. God did not call you to this church just to fade out and follow success. You're not somebody who's going to be intimidated and bullied all your life. I'm saying to you today, stand up and awaken in the name of Jesus. Rise up with boldness. Rise up with courage. Don't let the enemy put you down. Don't let your enemy, inner me, put you down. You know, if he's reminding you of your sins, remind him of his defeat. Come on. If he's trying to bring up past memories of your brokenness, remind him of the lake of fire that's in his future. Stand up on the inside, unafraid, unintimidated. Put a fight in your spirit today in 2021. Paul would encourage you fight the good fight of faith, believing, anyways. Do not sit down and say, I guess this is the way it is. This is my light, lot in life. I got to get comfortable with limited thinking about myself. Try to be a little bit more sincere. Try to be a little bit more humble Christian. Whatever it is, God needs to keep me broke and humble so I stay with him, that's garbage, that's just the antithesis of the good news, whatever that false humility concept of Christianity that is defining you and holding you back, you got to overwhelm that spirit, Paul says it's a spirit that the demonic gets in the church, he says they will try to teach doctrines that forbid the eating of things, and forbid marriage, and forbid this, and forbid that they're always known for what they're against he said in the church it's a demonic doctrine it says don't do this don't do that forbid that forbid it restrain this stop that that's what the enemy wants to do to contain you my god said i come to not throw away the law but to uphold the law and to give you freedom fullness of life life to the fullest that's what the god wants to do to you the enemy wants to contain you but today we're gonna bust out of that cage people of hope you're gonna break every chain of bondage that's been sticking around you in this false humility shadow. Yeah. Let no one rob you of the reward of false in that false garbage. You say no longer am I to be held captive with false humility to small thinking to reined-in thoughts, to small hearts, to small emotion. I'm living a bold faith with a strong confession backed with a strong conviction. They match my conviction and my confession, internal, external, it's integral. Now, when the prophet Elijah says to the king, man, it's getting late. Here we go. Tomorrow, food's going to be abundant. There's going to be a huge amount of food. The king was actually being upheld by his chief officer in the story, standing by his side. And the chief officer mocked Elijah's bold confession of impossibility in 2021, thinking in the time of desperation. He just mocked his bold thinking. He said, if God could open up the windows. Ha, <laughs> That's hilarious, Elijah. Yeah, right. As if that could ever happen. Elijah followed up that prophecy with another prophecy. He said, okay, here's my second prophecy for you, sir. You will see it, but you will not eat of it. And that's what unbelief does to us. It keeps us out. Disbelief in your marriage. God could be speaking great things over your marriage, but you will, you will see it, but you can't eat of it. It's like just unaccessible. And you're like, it doesn't work for me and my wife. You're right you don't believe it. Yeah. Right. Disbelief ex- just keeps you locked out of what God is about to do. Yeah. And he's doing it, and he's well able to do it. It works for other people. Yeah. What's stopping it? Unbelief in you right. and your confession in the opposite direction. I don't think it'll work. This is just the way it is. In yourself, it'll block you. In your church, it'll block you. In, in your marriage, it'll block you. Very quickly, God was about to reverse a situation that had been holding that entire city captive for years. Think of this. Listen with me. Reverse a situation in Elmira, New York, that's been holding that city captive for years. And here in a moment of time, God was going to do within 24 hours. He was going to change things in the northeast of southern New York. And you might have difficult believing that anything good could happen in the next 24-hour news cycle could change your world, that could change your home, that could change your relationship, that could change your financial situation. But God is waiting for us to rise up on the inside and start making moves anyway. Bold moves of faith, believing and seeing that he can do greater things than we've ever seen before. Right here, right now, now faith is the substance. Come on, in this place saying, my God, you can expand this church. You can go from Bath to Binghamton. You can give us the next city and the next city. You can give us reach into homes and hearts. that is transformational. God of change, you're welcome here. Spirit of transformation, you're welcome here. And yes, you might have an experience that says, like, like, I fell off my motorcycle, it's going to be bad. You might have a past experience of trauma in some relationship with some lost resource, some lost investment. You might have a bad experience with expansion in a church, maybe a bad, bad experience with doing a building project, governmental red tape, town boards, code enforcers. If you're a code enforcer, God bless you. Uh, I just don't understand you. No, I do. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us safe. I love you. You might have bad experience with bank rejection, people misunderstanding your vision. There's all things that happen in life all the time. In fact, more negative things happen to us than positive most of our life. You're going to find yourself making mistakes in life, but you just got to get up one more time. The difference, decide to never be jaded to Jesus's ability to change lives. Oh, but you don't understand. I've seen people say that and then they fall apart. Never be jaded to Jesus' ability to change lives. Decide today. I'm not going to be a doubting believer. I'm going to be a believing believer. And you know what? When you fall down or you see something fail, get back up again. Go for greater again. My Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. Seven speaks to completion. But he gets back up again on the eighth time. You know what David was? He was the eighth boy in the line of seven. I'm telling you, there is always hope for a brighter tomorrow, a brighter future. A righteous man falls. Why is he righteous? Because he gets up eight times. He gets back up again and again and again. Whatever it takes, however completely lost it feels, however completely abandoned you feel, get up again. And you'll be a conqueror just based on the fact that you keep on coming back to fight the fight. You'll win just because you keep showing up to win. Don't give up the fight, Paul would say. Say, I'm going to rise up right now. Come on. We're going to do it. I'm going to stir my spirit against that thing that's trying to hold me back, against other people who are trying to intimidate me, and tell me it can't be done, and tell me this is ridiculous. In the name of Jesus, I will stand again. If I were to listen to what they said five years ago, none of y'all would be here. Promise you. I'm going to take the word of the Lord from the man of God and I'm gonna say tomorrow he means tomorrow there will be an abundance of food I believe I'll receive that word I'm not jaded to Jesus and his word I'm not jaded to Jesus and his power I'm gonna believe what the prophet has said you call me a fool you call me unintelligent you call me whatever you want I do not live by logic I live by faith in the word of God, that by this time tomorrow, you will see an abundance in your life. And God always provides abundance, doesn't he, church? He always supplies more than enough. Every miracle Jesus did almost always ended in supply and surplus, surplus, abundance. He's the God of overflow from wine. The first miracle, there was leftover wine, fish and bread, overflow, fish and bread, he didn't just give a crippled man new legs he gave him leaping and dancing and praising god title legs. i don't i don't think our god has any other way of doing it you can think what you want to do he provided those fish for peter and it wasn't just a few fish in a net it wouldn't have been great if he caught a few fish in his net but it was a boat sinking net breaking catch it was an overflow an abundance of what he could hold When he provided the fish and the bread for the multitudes, there were 12 big baskets of leftovers that they carried with them in the boat in the storm. Remember? David said this about his God. My cup overflows. My cup runneth over. You anoint my cup. You anoint my head with oil. My life is overflow. You see how opposite (laughs) to the way God actually is versus the way the enemy wants him to be perceived. So many Christians stay away from God because he's going to leave me broke prude frustrated empty it's the reality is God is an abundant God He said I came to give you life and life abundantly the enemy would love for you to believe that God is miserly the enemy would love for you to believe that your God is stingy you know what I mean broke down busted disgusted like the church that you see oh why does that church have so much So much overflow, so much abundance. Why do you, see, uh, uh, first of all, we're doing miracles on this budget. You look at these things. Let's give it up for the prop scene. (laughs) Why Why does the church have all that fancy stuff and all that fancy stuff? Are you kidding me? Do you reflect God at all? Who is your father? I'll tell you who my dad is. He's a father of overflow. You really think he wants us to be poor? You think he wants us to be broke? He just wants to live in impoverished, impoverished spirit. That God is not miserly; He is not stingy; He does not want to withhold from you to keep you humble. It's nowhere in the Bible; it's nothing in His character. He He wants to hold back. Think about what He says over and over your life: "I will to prosper you." He wants to hold back. No, we are living in a day where tomorrow there is going to be an abundance. Even this story, abundance is coming into the famine. I don't care what people have said. You know, I've read statistics that say, you know, 60,000 churches will be closing in the U.S. alone. I refuse to believe that. I believe churches like ours are going to be opening new and opening new. We don't believe the statistics and the surveys. My belief is in the word of God. Whose report will you believe? The Bible asks us that. It challenges us. Then he, he says, whose report are you going to believe? That's a good question. Whose report? That's what we've got to say. My mind is going to be shaped by the things that I believe. My subconscious is going to be shaped. My automatic living is shaped by my belief that's on the inside of me. And I believe that Hope Church is going to grow. I believe that Hope Church is going to expand. I believe that this church, the best is yet to come in city after city. Somebody's got to believe it. I'm thinking thriving campuses, reaching neighborhoods and communities. I want you to believe it with me that we will see transformation in the cities near us. You are the woman of God. You are the man of God. You are those people of joyful anticipation. You are the child of God. You are the one that God has chosen to take a hold of in this hour to expand your thinking, to expand your dream, to expand your vision, to expand your perception, and speak what everybody else has said is impossible. Say it with your mouth. And to act on what everybody else has said is impossible. And here's the thing I love the most. To accomplish what everybody else said was impossible. See, we don't just speak it five years ago. We don't just act on it five years ago. We accomplish it today. Come on now. It's not pipe dreams. Fabricated feelings. This is by faith. I want you to know the power of the Holy Spirit. We will see expansion that I'm speaking of. I refuse to be small in our thinking if we act now, if we use what we have now, if we follow through and not put things off, waiting for perfectly predictable conditions to offer hope to a dying people, but saying, let's get decisive. Let's get motivated. Let's get inspired to do what God has called us to do with real life people so that every person within our reach experiences God, discovers hope, and has life changed forever right here through Hope Church. Yes. We will that. This is what the Bible says. I will that all men be saved. God says that. Guess what? I'm in alignment with his world. I will that all people be saved. Well, what about the chosen and the frozen and the select and the elect? I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not God. I will that all y'all be saved. That the whole city be saved. I want everybody. Well, what's your theology on predestination? I believe that God wills. That all men, be, uh, my belief is I will that all men, be safe. we are reaching more people. <laughs> what other people see as obstacle, we see as opportunity. Those four lepers said, why do we sit here till we die? Completely hopeless, predicting inevitable death, talking about our death. And with little to no faith, they got up and moved forward anyways. Why would lethargy make us sit down until we have death in our bones, they said. And as they begin their little walk across no man's land, God amplified every move they made and every step they took. Every step you take, every move you make. I can't sing today. I'll be watching you. I'll be moving with you. And every step they took, they got amplified. And every move they make, it got amplified until they sounded, these four people with bad skin sounded like an army. Until their enemy was completely scattered. I say let God arise. And his enemies be scattered. It's in the Bible. If you, if you read it. It's in there. Let God arise. Let faith arise. Let hope arise. And let his enemies be scattered. The next day, food was being sold exactly as the prophet had said. You know why? There was an abundance. Here's the thing. As you take your step today in faith. Even though it might feel like a small step towards buying a building towards finding an open door, expanding this church, to possibly new experience times, to refocusing our youth experience, to renovating storage areas, to updating parking lots. I want to encourage you as we take these little steps, God will amplify them. All you need, all he needs is your faith. He needs the commitment that you can make. He needs the movement that you can make. Four lepers with bad skin, they couldn't do a lot of things, but they could take steps. They could move some things. All he needs is your best offering. See, it's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. When we buy into a vision like this here at Hope Church, when we buy into a God possibility, we bring our very best, and we know that he's the God of overflow that does the rest. If your best is five loaves and two fishes, bring what you do have. If you have bad skin, move what you do have. In his hands, you know, that fills and that fuels thousands of people. Five loaves and two fish, it fills and it fuels thousands. In your hands, it feeds you. Give generously. In your hands, it just stops with you. Yes, it was sacrificed, but unless he moved forward and he gave what he did have, he and all the people around him, the thousands of people waiting on his obedience, would have never seen the miracle. Unless the the four guys started to move what they did have, what they could move, people would be starving and eating dove dung. Isolated in a city of hopelessness. Four guys made all the difference. Make movement from your life tonight. All he needs is some movement towards the vision today. Amen? I want you to hear this again with those certain ears. The four most unlikely people in the world defeated an entire army. I want to say it again. There's more than four people here this morning. The four most unlikely people in the world delivered an entire city of Elmira. I'm saying the most unlikely people in the world are going to transform this region, transform these cities. That's you and me in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, give them a shout of praise. Come on. We're bold enough to believe and take what looks... Like a step backward as a step forward in a crisis. This year, we've been stepping towards Elmira. I wish that I could give you a date or uh, an address is what I'm trying to say. I wish I could give you an address and say it's going to cost this much. But we've been making moves as a church all throughout this corona crisis. All throughout the corona crisis. And I'm talking million and a half dollar moves, offers with a million and a half to two million dollar renovations. We're talking about three, four million dollars around that range. We've been making moves to advance this vision in the city of Elmira and to reach lost people for Jesus. And I don't have an exact address. We've had some deals fall through. We have some deals moving right now. But we're making moves towards bringing hope. This year, we've been stepping towards the most defeated, depleted place, the most desperate people, and bring hope to them. You know, last time in 2008, the big drop, Elmira was one of two cities in all of America that did not recover from the big drop the most depleted, the most desperate people. Why stay here in comfortable corning until we die? Why stay here in comfortable comatose until we die? Let's reach the lost people of hope. Let's save the hopeless. Let's bring hope to a generation. Let's keep moving forward. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, stand to your feet and give them a shout of praise.